Voice stories, the psychology of the voice has many moving parts, but the core principle, the core foundation of this unique methodology that I created is in the voice stories. And the stories are basically what is running in your head. Stories, voice stories come from things people say to us that makes us alter to protect ourselves, primarily to protect our heart and our voice, which is the orchestra of the heart. Today, I'm going to be talking about psychology of the voice, specifically voice stories and how they're hurting you. I think you're gonna like this episode and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm so glad to have you with me today, as always. And I've got a great episode for you. Today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about psychology of the voice. Now, I know I've done full episodes on psychology of the voice before, and I've talked about it in various episodes in relation to various things. But the reason I'm going to talk about it again today is because I have a contest happening. And part of that contest is to talk about your psychology of the voice. And I know some people maybe have never heard me talk about it. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but over on Instagram at Captivate the Room, I have a contest that I would love for you to participate in. The drawing will be this coming Friday, the 19th. And what I'm doing is I'm celebrating my 300th episode of this podcast. I can't even wrap my mind around that. Now, some of you have been around long enough to remember that my original podcast server host, I'm not sure what you call it, crashed and I lost some episodes. I don't remember how many. Most of them, I believe, were able to be retrieved. So for all intents and purposes... A few episodes ago, thank you to Podbean, who messaged me, was my 300th episode. So I'm doing a big giveaway, and I want you to participate. So these are the prizes. Someone will win a copy of my favorite book. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you might be able to guess. Two people will win a $50 Amazon gift card. And then the grand prize is a solo session with me. And I don't know if you know this, but I am on a pretty extensive waiting list. And so I don't even do a lot of solo sessions anymore. It's just literally, I don't have the capacity. But that's going to be the grand prize giveaway. And I I hope you win. I hope you win. Now, these are the rules. This is all you have to do. It's super easy. You need to follow me on Instagram at Captivate the Room. 
Make sure you like the Captivate the Room Facebook page. Just give a like over there at Captivate the Room. Then on Instagram, repost my giveaway post using hashtag Captivate the Room or tag me. Now you can do this on Facebook with the hashtag or you can tag me on Instagram. Either way, hashtag Captivate the Room on Facebook, hashtag Captivate the Room or tag me on Instagram. And then share in the comments section. Now, this is why I'm talking about psychology of the voice today. What you think your psychology of the voice story is. And then tag two of your amazing friends. So that's why I want to talk about psychology of the voice story today, because some people don't don't know what it is. Some people maybe have it out of context. I've noticed that lately. When I do trainings, people, it's it's such a new and unknown concept that oftentimes people that I don't want to say they struggle to talk about it, but it's there's so many moving parts to it. And so I want to just clarify and clear up and help you to hone in on what your psychology of the voice stories are. Now, in the post, it says story is. It could be any number of stories. Psychology of the voice, first of all, is a trademarked methodology. There's all kinds of legal protection around it because it literally comes from a body of research over the last, I don't even know how many years of my life. Somebody said the other day, well, I've heard heard a couple of things lately. Where can I find a book on this psychology of the voice? You can't. I created it. Now, I am actually writing a book that's going to come out in the fall. Or people will say, I've never heard of this. Because it's not what's taught. We think of voice like typical voice coaching, and there's no discredit to that. Typical voice coaching, speak louder, slow down. And in the early years of my career, I taught typical voice coaching. What I find a lot in the voice coaching world is that people are what I call purist. I had the opportunity many, many years ago because of what happened to me in that play. And I don't know if you've ever heard me tell the story about that. I'm not going to go into it today. But there was a catastrophic event. It felt catastrophic at the time that shifted my voice into a higher pitch. And I worked with some of the greatest voice masters of our time because of that. People who created methodologies. So when you see voice coaches, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times they're teaching a methodology. They're teaching Skinner. They're teaching Lessac. They're teaching Feldenkrais. And that's great. And I studied with all of them. And in the early years of my career, I taught, I was a LESAC trained teacher. And it drove me nuts. No discredit. I think the band was the greatest voice master of our time, of all of them. He's the most unknown, probably, but I think he was the greatest. But I knew I could hear voices in my head. I just 
didn't have an understanding or a capacity at that time to know what was happening, to know that it was a gift, to know that it would ultimately become psychology of the voice. I could hear layers of people's voices. I could hear the backstory. I could hear what was hurting them, what was costing them. And yet I taught typical voice coach because I looked around at my colleagues and I thought, oh, they're really good at voice. They're really successful. I guess I'll do this. And some of you have heard me talk about when I quit being a voice coach and I started a furniture refinishing business. And I'm not going to go into that story either, but that is why. Because I could not justify, I could not live with myself. I was being eaten alive doing typical voice coaching when I knew there was so much more to the story. I knew that was not going to fix the problem. I knew that was not how I was supposed to teach voice. But even long before that, I had started the intensive research that I've done over the last 20, 30 years. And in the new book, Psychology of the Voice, I'm going to talk about a lot of that research. I have been researching since I was 18 around voice. And the first thing I researched was dialects because the first voice work I really did in my 20s was teaching dialects to actors and taking dialects away from business people, strangely enough. Now, remember, this was 90s, early 90s. And we didn't live in the global society we live in now. A lot of people struggle with their accents. They think it's a problem. And I have always said, your accent is not a problem unless it's a problem. And by that, I mean, I can't understand you. And the subconscious will tune out to that. But I was teaching dialects to actors. And one of my very first corporate contracts was a Fortune 500 company. They brought me in to coach some people in the C-suite around a dialect issue. There was a perception around this dialect that these people spoke in. And I was fascinated. Okay, so why, why is that? Why is that perception there? These people are incredibly successful. They're running one of the largest companies in the world. Why do the Irish sound Irish? Why do I sound Texan? Why? I want to sound Irish. They sound really cool. And because of my extensive training and understanding around dialects, I realized something one day, I was actually walking on the treadmill at the gym in Dallas, Texas, when I realized this, that all my research came together in that moment. And I understood that the dialect was truly, literally a shifting of how the face is held and the subconscious put that in place. We are taught in, in purest form about diaphragm breathing and vocal cords and how the sound vibrates and why you have to speak up and why you need to articulate and why you need to warm up and why you need to practice and all of that, I go against. Yeah, the science part for sure, that's all right. The breathing and the air hits the vocal cords, but everything else, my subconscious in my research was rejecting. So what I figured out in that moment was that the subconscious was putting the dialect in place. The subconscious was formulating the top layer of muscle memory in how 
the placement of the dialect was being formed because every dialect has a different point of placement. So all I have to do is shift me point of placement and I've got a different dialect. But I still had to dig into why and the why is the subconscious calls the shots on the voice, on the dialect. Why? Sense of belonging. The Irish baby needs to fit into the Irish family. The Texas baby needs to fit into the Texas family. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time. Don't get kicked out of the herd. You will die. Or the tribe, you will die. So the Irish baby wouldn't fit in to their family, their society, their community, their culture, if they sounded like me. And I thought, wow, okay, that makes perfect sense. And so I kept researching because after I discovered and, and you know, I don't want to say decided, but realized that was the creation of the dialect, I wanted to know, was there more? And I started observing the people that were sitting in front of me. And by this point in time, I was already living in New York. I was already teaching at Mike Nichols School and School for Film and Television. I was working with business people all over the world via Skype. Zoom didn't even exist then. And I kept seeing stories behind voice habits. And those stories started before people were five. And then they were stacked upon throughout a lifetime. And that was when psychology of the voice was born. That discovery that before we're five years old, literally one phrase determines how we're going to use our voice the rest of our life. That becomes our core driver. That is the driver in the formulation of the top layer of muscle memory and how you're going to hold the sound and let it out. And I'm trying not to go down any rabbit holes. I'm trying to keep this really simple, but it's a little complex. There's lots of moving parts to it. So we have this core driver, but then we have stories upon stories upon stories. And those stories come from teachers and family and neighbors and bosses and college professors. I'm actually studying college professors right now and the impact they have on people, young people, especially coming into the work world because I'm seeing patterns. I chase patterns and sounds and I follow the layers of voice that I can hear in a human. I can hear layers all the way down to the heart. And what my research shows me is that layer closest to the heart in the sounds that I hear is who you really are. It is how you came out of the womb. I do not believe you came out of the womb with a flat, boring voice and you have to create one. The minute you do that, which is half my business because they created a voice, you have lost connection and you've lost your ability for me to know who you are. That bottom layer, about seven layers down, right near your heart, that's how you came out of the womb. And the world stacked story on top of story on top of story, habit on top of habit on top of habit. And that is in your muscle memory. 
and you will work from that top layer and those stories linked to each one of those voice habits in that top layer will hold that in place. And that is why you cannot think your way through this. I've got to just slow down. Never going to work. I can even get you from a technical perspective to slow down. But if you have stories in your head that nobody wants to hear what you have to say, you better get on the other side of this. It will not stick. It will never stick. So psychology of the voice is really about where are you working from? What are the stories? And I could sit here and tell you stories all day long about light bulb moments with the hundreds into the thousands of clients that I've worked with and those moments. People going fast. I had to hurry up and say what I needed to say at the dinner table or my dad wouldn't listen to me. People going fast because they were told as a child they were bothering them, somebody. So you see, you can take fast and somebody that goes fast, I can tell them to slow down, but I have to look at a couple of things. First of all, is that part of who they are? Is that a cultural piece to them? Is that an environmental piece? Is that a part of who they are? I don't want to take away who you are. So see, typical voice coaching would say, oh, slow down. Well, hold on a minute. Is that fast part of Judy? Actually, it is. So I have to roll in something to offset it, something that's missing, something that got shut down in the muscle memory from a story. So let's take this example and dive a little deeper. And I'm literally going off the rails here, but I just had this thought in my head. Okay, so let's say Judy, part of who Judy is, is she talks fast because she's really excited and she's really passionate and that drives a fastness in her. First, I'm going to look at why, because I want to check stories. And if there's any kind of story around, you've got to hurry up. Nobody has time to listen to this. You better get to the other side of this. They're all looking at you. If there's a negative story behind that fast, then I might need to explore whether that is really a part of who she is, or is it something that was put in place because of a story? If it was put in place because of a story, we're going to subconsciously pick up the holes in it and it's not going to work for Judy. But let's say I start deep diving into what is behind that sound and I realize, okay, this is just part of who Judy is. Generally, I can hear immediately the connection, the disconnection. So let's say fast is a part of who Judy really is. Then I'm going to go to looking at what shut slow down, what shut pause down. There's a story behind that. And I've got to find that story and I have to eradicate it and I have to replace it. And then I have to replace what's in the muscle memory shift and put the right thing in. It is rare that I take something away. When it comes to literal things like fast, slow, loud, soft, it is sometimes I do. If it is not part of who the person is, I might take it away. I usually take it away. 
but I usually take a different approach that is more effective and faster. Because the minute I start saying you have to slow down, whether it's a part of you or whether it's not a part of who you really are, you're going to go up in your head. And that is the problem. When we are up in our head, working from stories, working from a driver, listening to noise, past, future, words, any of that, we're working from the wrong place. We're working from fear. We're working from judgment. We're working from what people are thinking. We're in our head. And that is what the problem is. That is where the psychology of the voice gets, that the psychology of the voice alters the actual use of your voice. And so what I find is that people are buying into the stories. And that is what the ask is in the giveaway. Basically, what are you working from? I'm working from, I have to get this right. I'm working from, I'm bothering people. I'm working from, I need to prove I know what I'm talking about. And this starts dancing into masks. All the masks that I created over a 10-year period of research and patterns and the layers and layers and layers that I heard in people's voices, what are the wounds of the stories because you couldn't get it right or because you were bothering people or because nobody wanted to hear what you had to say or you better hurry up or why do you have to be so big or why is everything about you? All of it. And it doesn't matter if it was last week. It doesn't matter if it was 45 years ago. Those stories, we keep creating them. And that is part of the work that I do is I get you working from somewhere different so that people can say whatever they say. They can judge you. They can do whatever. And you're not going to listen to the lies of the mind, the subconscious, and create stories that are then going to Make you choose a voice habit that you will recreate for 30 days or more, locking it in as a new habit. It's an inside and an outside job. One of the things that I noticed early in my career was when I taught straight voice coaching. And again, not a criticism. I'm talking to you from my experience. And my experience is, is that everybody's not ready to do the work that I do. But what I noticed when I would do typical voice coaching, and I hadn't created psychology of the voice in its full form yet. I had much more research to do. I noticed the results wouldn't stick. And that was part of what led me in back to the subconscious. I've worked for three weeks, for six weeks, for three months with this guy on freeing his jaw or slowing down or articulating, you know, whatever. And a lot of this was in dialect work and I couldn't make it stick was the noise in his head. It was the stories. And that is literally in your body. The body keeps the score. So we have to look internally. We have to look externally because the subconscious is protecting us at all cost. It is protecting our heart at all cost. Remember, the voice is the orchestra of the heart. These stories that we lock in, the more intense emotion that is around them, the more powerful they will be. 
and the more voice habits. And when I talk about voice habits, I'm talking about speaking loud, speaking quiet, not saying anything, mumbling your words, locking your jaw. The more emotion that came with the story, the more habits are going to be locked in around it that driver is going to call the shots. The stories are going to call the shots. I have had people that literally, we had to start with stories that were formed three weeks ago and work backwards because three weeks ago, so-and-so said I was an idiot and it gutted me. So we have to start working from something different. Yeah, we have to go back and eradicate all those stories and change them and rewrite them and change what's in the muscle memory. We can't, you cannot think your way through this. I get exhausted, honestly, with people who take this work and say, oh, you just do this. Oh, just don't think about it anymore. Oh, just change that. And that's why I don't talk about masks. I'm not going to talk about masks anymore because there's this thing happening in the subconscious that says, oh yeah, you don't do that. Oh yeah, don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah, you can just so-and-so. That is part of the lie of the mind to keep the internal piece locked in place, to keep the external piece locked in place. Subconscious is powerful. And we believe it, right? I look at the biggest story around all the work that I've done. And not only have I created this work. I have been a participant in this work. In fact, I do a conflict resolution bonus in my group. And somebody said the other day, one of my students said, where did you learn this? This is, this is incredible. And I said, survival, I created it. I was the girl that wanted to change my name and change my hair color and move out of state before having a conflict. It was survival in creation of that. And I think back to the biggest story that I had to rewrite was if you say anything, you're going to be in trouble. Because I was. And then there are literal stories. Somebody said something to me a couple of weeks ago. It could have affected me deeply. It didn't because I do the things that I teach. But the stories, as long as you are in the world, people are going to have the the power or the opportunity to shut you down and for your subconscious to create a story that you're going to work from and a new layer of voice that is not serving you. And that's really the end of it. The sounds that are coming from the stories and the driver and the masks are not serving you. They are telling me a version of who you are that is probably not working for you. And that is the power in this work. So that is what a psychology of the voice story is. And when I talk about stories in my group, when I teach all the masks, I will always ask the question, What are the stories you can relate to? And I always give a bunch of examples. What are the masks that you think you have? And oftentimes people say all of them, 
all the stories. Here's my 42 stories. Here's my every single mask. So there's lots of stories. There's this story from the college professor that I'm not smart. There's the story from my mother that I can't do anything. There's all the stories. What is the noise in your head? Where are you working from? And maybe you can't think of any stories, but maybe you're working from fear of judgment, or maybe you're working from the past or the future, or maybe you're working from getting it right, or maybe you're working from the words. All of that plays into the psychology of how you use your voice, psychology of the voice. So I'd love for you to participate in the giveaway. You got to get over there because I'm going to draw Friday, late afternoon, probably. I have to look at my schedule. I think I'll, I'll probably draw around five o'clock or yeah, five o'clock Eastern time, probably because I have evening clients on the Pacific coast that evening. So pro I'll probably draw around five o'clock. I want you to win. I want you to participate. But most of all, I want you to start thinking about what is the noise in your head and what is it costing you? What are the sounds lined up? What is lined up in the top layer of your muscle memory? Because that is not serving you if it is not a full, honest, 100% representative of who you are. Okay? All right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for being here. Get on over to the Instagram or the Facebook. Captivate the room. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 